And welcome back to another episode of Loss of Down. We are your host. I am Steve. He is Wally. He is David. Before I toss it over to the boys to see how the week was, we want you to know this episode is brought to you by Tabbies.com, the premier Delta 8 edible on the market. T-A-B-E-A-S-E.com. Make sure you use promo code FOOTBALL for 20% off that order, as well as free shipping. Boys, how are we? It's Thursday, heading into divisional week. This is a great, but the second Thursday without Thursday night football. Again, I miss it. Give me Denver again. I do too, but this really is the best week of football of the year. Wild card weekend. I feel like, yeah, you get more, but it's typically watered down a little bit. Divisional matchups, always great. This week, we really do have four matchups that you can talk yourself into going anyway. So there's no reason for me not to be great. I'm fantastic. How are you guys doing? Four matchups you can talk yourself into going anyway. I think there's you like can one try. You can Buddy, try. I think there's one matchup. I'm doing great. I can't complain. I don't know. I got another question for us whenever we're ready, though. I mean, well, uh, Stephen, tell us how you're doing first. Good, not great. No, we just need football. There's not enough sports. There goes my phone that just fell midway of me <laughs> saying this. But, yeah, you know what? It's not too bad. Got my got a Chargers jersey on right now, and I know a lot of you guys are kind of asking some questions of why I'd wear this. I'm a week late, but I had to be a little bit cocky. Wally invited me to a dynasty fantasy football league this year. Part of winning the championship was getting your highest score, their jersey right there. So champion, and you know how to get Austin Eckler. And the only option for a Chargers jersey is that powder blue. I'm not going anywhere else. You 100% agree. It's one of the best jerseys in sports. I have to preface so I can save a little bit of, I don't know, uh, pride. You can attest to it, Steven. I started the dynasty league as a true Raiders fan does, and I immediately tanked, sold all my players for future picks. I am in this for the long game, and I went full Bob Nutting mode. David, I can already tell that that annoys you. Wait, I don't question. <laughs> who, who took the powder blue Chargers jerseys in our uh, offseason schoolyard pick them? Ooh, that's a great question. Me. 100%. Okay. 100% I locked that shit in. That's my favorite jersey in all of sports. That makes sense. It's a great jersey. Oh, I love it. It's comfortable. Shout out to Alex, the guy you know who's running it in the Dynasty League. Pest City, baby. This is this is perfect. It even has like the little uh, bolt up here in the back of the collar. Oh, it's stitched in. I can feel it right here. So yeah, this is this is some great A stuff. And I'll make sure the rest of the people in the league. I'll make sure to send a Joe Burrow S type uh, of picture once I get the trophy in there. Maybe with a little bit of a steeweed twist to it. Ooh, I like that. We'll have to share that with everybody here too. David, you mentioned though before, you have a question for us. So for the people at home that have been listening for longer than just this regular season, we do this in the off season where we try to introduce talking points to kind of get us, you know, the ball rolling early on, get the energy high in the gym. David, it's, it's your pick this week for the question. Can you tell us and everyone at home what it is? Okay, if you could hang out with any fictional character, book, movie, TV show, what have you, who would you pick and why? Steven, I want you to answer first because you know me, I'm going to talk too long. No, and I think I'm right there with you because now I kind of just even circled around and now I'm second guessing myself. My original one was going to be Frank from It's Always Sunny because the dude knows how to party, get after it. But this is like when he's creeping in 
to being like really bad, but he still has the money, you know? So it's like the best of both worlds. But I'm talking, I might have to throw Frank away. And now I'm going one, one A, two B. I know I'm breaking the rules. Give me Red Foreman from that 70s show. Fellow Packers fan, loves to drink. I'm always pissed off just as much as he is. He won't like me because, you know, maybe I want to go downstairs and hang out with Eric and the gang just for a little bit, but we can always relate on the Packers. But then throw in, and I have no idea why I'm blanking on his name, so I love him, but um, the grandpa from Modern Family, same thing. He's got a lot of money. Jay Pritchett, baby. Jay Pritchett. And closets, closets, closets. Maybe you'll give me a good deal. And I get to look at Sofia Vergara, get the sweet pool, and we can watch football as well. You see what I'm doing? As long as there's football and drinking, that's mostly what I'm looking into. Considering this is fictional, his bloodline is unreal in that show. You just follow Jay Pritchett and the women that come from him at some point. I get it. So that guy is a guy worth being around. Red Foreman, great call too. That 90s show just out either today or yesterday. So I'm not sure how I feel about that. No, it it looks horrible. It looks horrific. It's the cameos that people want to see. And it's so cheesy. I get what the show is. That 70s show is cheesy, but this level of cheese is completely different. This is a different side of the deli they're going to. I haven't seen it yet, but yeah, I'm assuming that you're probably right. Nothing's going to top that 70s show. I have three that I was weighing two. I'll be fast with them. Bill Harding. You know, David, I am a Twister fan. So naturally, Bill Paxton and Twister, if I'm with him for 24 hours, we get to drive around, we get to chase tornadoes, I get to pick his brain, find out a little bit about him. It'd be a great time. Number two, David, again, I feel like I'm pandering to you more than anyone else. Dr. Gregory House. If you got to be with him for 24 hours, you would learn so much about yourself because he is unfiltered and will tell you whatever is on his mind. And as much as that might be uncomfortable, I think that is a real true gift to be that unfiltered. It can be a curse too, but there is a lot of great that comes out of that and a lot that affects your friends the same way. And third, NCIS fans out there, Anthony Dinozo. He is an Ohio State Buckeye. That's for me, too. He's just an everyday guy. He's a cool person. He's a guy that you can imagine you would be able to sit down, talk sports over a few beers. But at the same time, that, what, 2 a.m. last call, you can imagine that the conversations you've been having the last couple hours have been unreal. So those are my three. I think that I'd have a real difficult time choosing between the three, though. This dude was the grandpa of Pete Eckhart in the league when he goes and visit, visits him in the old retirement home and he keeps trying to sleep around with all the other women, but he's playing it off as he has Alzheimer's and he keeps forgetting who his wife is. What a legend. That's a good call. Thank you. I appreciate that. David, you asked a question. I know we gave three each. Do you have a couple that you've thought of? I have like 10. I couldn't. I came up with this question without a single even idea in mind so i was like running down the list earlier right like james bond a transformer jack sparrow tony soprano greg house harry potter frank Hold on, what would you do with a transformer what, what would what's you do with like, jack sparrow first of all jack what's sparrow on your would be agenda? a fucking lit time and yeah. you know that would just be a day of that's like that's like when you know if you ask me what president i want to hang out with i want a booze cruise with fucking george w bush and there's like no, there's just like no. That's even, more than a booze cruise there. Yeah, yeah you're going skiing like, too. Uh, but like, 
first of all, a transformer, like here, copy that car. I want to drive you. Like I look, I get why that might not be fun from a conversation perspective, but as the car guy in the group, big fan of, of transformers. That's fair. Um, That's fair. Look, I, or, or hear me out, any Adam Sandler character, because they're all married to perfect tens in all of his movies that he casts. Right? You say that and you'd get the Jack and Jill Adam Sandler. Uh, we don't know. That's Time. not that one. I know Big one. Daddy Adam Sandler, Killer Apartment, and go Syracuse. Big Q's fan in that movie. Yeah, uh, that's a good one. See, that's a good one. Honestly, at the end of the day, I'd probably, I'd probably lean towards like James Bond or probably a transformer like bumblebee i I just i'm a big car guy but like also a big james bond fan and there's no other reasoning behind it other than i just love to fucking be around and drive a transformer okay guilty confession as the the movie guy the group i have never been that big of a transformer fan it just never did it for me personally i literally it's, it's all about the cars for me it has nothing to do it literally has nothing to do with the quality of the movie and it's all about the concept of sweet cars and yeah that's pretty much it well then th- i have a follow-up to that fast and furious the franchise can we agree that that first like Ooh, five Paul movies Walker. unreal fun yeah. the first five movies and then no, we're, like going seven. to seven the moon was- Seven was a perfect ending, but they just didn't let it die on that movie. Seven was a perfect end to the entire thing. I, I could at least entertain seven. I think that six is as far as I would go, but it truly, by the end, it's like they're jumping, they're, they're on like the moon, racing fictional things, and then jumping to like a battleship. Uh, the newest one, the last like three, you might as well just throw in the trash. But you know what? They made a billion. So what? what do I know? Well, they're at that point where it's like a Sharknado, right? Or whatever the other, whatever those other crazy movies are. So it's almost a bit. That's the, hey, that's you the want appeal. All time car movie, all time, gone in 60 seconds, probably the best car movie out there. What about Good cars? call. What, what about, about Baby cars? Driver? <laughs> Steven. What about fucking Baby Driver's cars? a good one. I don't know if you would relate that to cars as much, but <sighs> Baby Driver's a solid movie, but it's not a car movie. Uh, best car movie, uh, Transporter. All three of them. Anything with Jason Statham driving. Well, I think of Jason Statham. Is it bad? I think of that movie Crank, where his heart I, has to keep going. So he's like putting on his nipples those damn car jacks or whatever to get the car jumping. Crazy movie. I, I don't know why I loved it, but I always think of him with that. That you're. Your my twister is anything with Jason Statham in it. I don't know why. I'm like, this is so unreal. It's such a guy movie. He's just kicking ass in unreal. He's like five seven in real life, just laying down the wood. Yeah, it's he's the man. I think the first movie that comes to mind when I think of Jason Statham is uh actually him as handsome Rob in the Italian job. I haven't seen that. You've never seen the Italian job? I haven't. That's a good well, one. A- I'll have to put that on the list. That's a solid, like, seven and a half out of ten movie. Matt Matt Damon. Damon, Charlize Theron, Jason Statham. Oh, who's the villain? He's a big... He's in... uh, Oh, my God, I can't think of the name. It's a loaded cast, and it's, like, a solid seven and a half half out of ten. Not, like, the best movie you've ever seen. Really good. Edward Norton? Yes, Edward Norton, who I was thinking of. Damn, it is loaded. Solid plot. With just like it never really gets boring. It's just like a consistent hour and a half 
good quality experience. And that was back in the day when movies were just like an hour 10 to an hour and a half. And they're like, this is cool. Let's just leave it at that. And so yeah. everyone started pumping it up to two and a half hours. Two and a half. Now, like what? Avatar 2 is probably going to be like 95 consecutive hours of viewing experience. It was, People are going to be stuck and like thinking that they're chipping balls for the rest of their life because of Avatar now. Well, even like well, the, the movies, like now when you go back and watch one of those hour and 25 minute movies, when the movie's over, it almost catches me by surprise because I'm like, wait, oh, we don't have like another hour. I expected like two more plot twists to come. We just resolved it that easily. Okay, got it. Like I just watched the uh, season premiere of The Last of Us, and that was an hour and 20. That was basically every 90s movie packed into it. Wait, 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 wait. How was it? Sweet. It was, did you, I, I don't know if you guys played the games growing Big up. Big fan or, of the game. Big fan yeah, of the game. Yeah, so from I, a few of my friends in the group message that I have going, they had played the game too, and they're like, this is phenomenal. And I've seen clips where they have, there's a lot of, I mean, dead on, like the house, you know, the house burning right there in the first, or even the dialogue in it, and just everything is, it's awesome. Well, I know what I'm doing after the podcast now, boys. Yeah, strap in, baby. Uh, I think it's, uh, my buddy said it's like the first five hours of gameplay in one in the first episode, something like that. That's actually, that's interesting, because that means that they're going to have to go into, like, like their own territory after a couple episodes. Well, isn't there a part two? I don't know if they're just releasing the second. Well, the second game's game's been out, but a lot, it was, like, the most hated game of all time for the plot. Like the first one was so good. Well, the first one was so good, and then in the second one, and I won't ruin it for you if you don't know, but they killed off one of the main characters in, like, the first hour of gameplay, and it was, like, why would you do that? <laughs> That's how you do it. Now you guys are talking languages I don't know. I, I I only played the like sport games and stuff, so I was like a loser in a different way from your guys' loser growing up. Well, let's let's talk a little bit of a language that you do know. Let's get into some into some football news. We'll get some divisional matchups here going, Wally. First one here on the slate, we had Ben Johnson staying put as the offensive coordinator here in Detroit. The one thing I did like coming out of this is I don't really blame him. He says, I want to stay here. I want to see it out. I like what they're building here. I mean, let's be real. Would you want to go rebuild a Houston or rebuild one of these other teams like a Carolina or kind of stay put under Dan Campbell? I mean, I can only imagine how electric it is working for a guy like that. I mean, he makes me want to run through a brick wall watching him on hard knocks. I can't imagine having him as my boss. Why would you ever want to leave him? So Ben Johnson staying put here in Detroit. Were you guys surprised at this, or what were your thoughts overall? Well, you guys saw or you listened. It doesn't matter how you viewed the last episode. I am a loser yet again. It's two straight episodes that within 40 minutes of our recording, something I've said has been immediately dispelled. This being one of them, I said that Ben Johnson, if the offensive coordinator job was offered to him in L.A., Perhaps he'd take it because of the Justin Herbert. You get a quarterback you'd like. But this is such a treat for Lions fans and good for Ben Johnson, good for Dan Campbell, good for Motown all the way around. I mean, this was a top six DVOA offense, the only top six offense not in the playoffs. The fact that he's coming back, those those calls like the Panay Sewell, fourth and one, playing the flat, the catch, in the hook and ladder against the Packers. Things like that. It's just so exciting. You could feel the energy in the locker room. They obviously love Ben Johnson. And I would just tell you, Lions fans, drink him in next year. 
because you'd imagine it's probably your last go around with the guy. Sorry, when they win a Super Bowl, it'll be fine. Great point. Great point. When they win the Super Bowl next year, Ben Johnson, you guys can celebrate him with the parade, and he'll be a head coach in in March somewhere else with the Raiders after Josh McDaniels is fired. Terrific. Maybe Cleveland after the fans run Stefanski out of town. Um, I <laughs> I'm not terribly surprised about Ben Johnson. I think that's a great move for Detroit. I think it's going to be fucking incredible for Detroit. I won't bore our our fans here by repeating what you guys have, but. I'm I'm happy to see that that Detroit is staying together through the offseason per se because they've got they've got a big offseason ahead of them and if they do it right that team's going to be a lot of fucking fun next year and they were a lot of fun this year so I'm excited. You were excited a lot today because Greg Roman is no longer the offensive coordinator of the Baltimore Ravens and you have been adamant that you either want Lamar to make $500 million with the Ravens or be gone. The way it sounds after this move is that he'll be back. John Harbaugh actually said there's a 200% chance Lamar Jackson is coming back, and he's actually going to factor into the offensive coordinator hiring process. So, David, we'll go to you first since you are in that division. You're a fan of the Browns and have a lot of strong feelings on this. What were your thoughts when you saw the news? This is so fucking stupid by the Ravens. And it's, 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 here's why it's stupid. Greg Roman is probably outside of maybe outside of Shanahan, probably the best offensive mind in the run game. And you have a running back at quarterback who hasn't thrown more than 3,200 yards in a season, his entire career. In fact, I think he's only broken 3,000 yards one time. Yes. You can make an argument that, sure, the coordinator, you know, it's nobody, no receivers have 1,000-yard seasons under this guy. Like, it's all focused on the run, nothing on the pass. Hear me out. Throw a, a West Coast offense guy in there. Throw an NFL offense in there. Throw, throw the ball 50 times a game to Lamar Jackson. You think that's going to go well? I sure don't. So it's great being a, a fan of the you know a rival team because they're going to sink their offense and they're going to make Lamar Jackson look bad after they sign him for a billion dollars. And they're going to be stuck with him and this coordinator and they're going to be in the same position they are now as a nine, maybe 10 at peak 11 win team that really doesn't have a, a Super Bowl hope. I just like I'm I'm I don't understand it. Steven, I want to ask you a follow up to what David just said, because he's right. He is one of the best running minds we've ever seen. Do you think that there's something to be said that we don't know until we know that you need to move on from Roman and see a different style offense to figure out if Lamar's your guy? How, how do you view this whole situation? No, that the fir first and foremost, what you said is Lamar is going to be a part of the the next offensive coaching hire was he a part of this firing on this end because maybe he's the one that wants to give the development right but that is going to be that's going to be a lot to ask for because i don't know if he's going to be able to succeed as he has as a runner let alone as a quote-unquote quarterback as a whole you know how you know me and david stance is on that so i don't know what he's going to do but look out there who are they going to bring in are they going to hire within are you going to go and get a mike lafleur 
Who's the guy? Uh, Scott Turner from the Commanders gets let go. Uh, you're going to go for Joe Lombardi. I mean, there's not – I feel like you kind of missed your opportunity at being able to get the right guy for this spot because I don't really know who's going to be out there to plug and play. And, and depending on who the coordinator is, maybe it's going to step up their passing game. Maybe they'll be able to get wide receivers in that in that organization because it seems like not a lot of people wanted to go there. Kind of referencing the Robert Griffin the third tweet that David had showed us earlier, which is kind of – you know, alarming when you look at that, there's a lot of guys that who wouldn't want to play with a, an MVP consistent candidate like Lamar, you know, at certain points of the season. Yet no one ever wants to go there. The best acquisition you've got is the, a 35-year-old Deshaun Jackson. You got Sammy Watkins here. Like, no, this isn't happening. There's going to be a lot for the OC to bring in, but a lot of growing for Lamar to do this next season, if he is a Raven. Steven, you've never gone through this. So, David, you're going to have to almost empathize with me a little bit as well. Now that we are removed several weeks from the Derek Carr news, I am in that mental disease state where you're doing mental gymnastics to fall or find a narrative that's going to help you. And I've been like entertaining the idea of Lamar is a Raider. And now I'm like, okay with that. And that's not good, but that's where my brain is rationalizing things. If you're a Ravens fan, it goes back to what I said. I almost want to know that he can't throw the ball. He's only had the 3,000-yard season once, like you said. And they listen to these wide receivers that they have had. John Brown, Willie Sneed, ancient Michael Crabtree, Seth Roberts, Miles Boykin, Marquise Hollywood Brown, who for the record is the only wide receiver with more than 1,000 yards. And he had 1,008. Rashad Bateman. Sammy Watkins, and Devin Devin Duvernay. They don't have quality wide receivers, and there's an argument out there to be made that Greg Roman is more the reason why wide receivers aren't signing there than Lamar. Depending on who the offensive coordinator that you do bring in, at least you know. This is how you find out definitively if Lamar Jackson is a guy that you can build around or move on from, and that's why you tag him before you extend him because if you extend him and you find out what you don't want to find out next year you are going to be trading for 10 cents on the dollar if you decide to move on from Lamar but how are you going to tag him he probably won't play if you tag him this is why that's I, fair it's a, it's I a risk see, I, they just fucking watch it implode I'm all about it this is this they should have handled this last season they should have handled this last offseason it, whether you're going to like, you know, whether you're going to extend him, they extend him last off season. If you're not going to extend him and you want to tag him, then you better make your moves to figure out who you got last off season. Like this is the Ravens just trying to extend that window just ever so slightly. There's no way Lamar Jackson's playing under the tag. Not after all season long, we've been talking about contracts. He literally, you know, I, I would make an argument that he wasn't as hurt as he claims to be, I don't believe that he was like legitimately unable to play because I guarantee you, if he was paid, he would have played that playoff game. Guaranteed. I, I, I like, if you were getting 40 million a year, I guarantee you he'd be playing that playoff game. So I don't blame him per se, because he made the right choice for his career, but like the Ravens screwed themselves every single step of the way. And I don't feel bad about it. I hope they give him a hundred million. I hope they give him 
50 million a year. And then I hope he can't throw a fucking football with a new offensive coordinator. I hope they get Matt Canada 2.0. Anything that helps the Browns out, fire away. It's worth noting that Greg Roman, similar to how Pittsburgh in Matt Canada, that dynamic, which is interesting because that's another team that decided to retain an offensive coordinator we didn't see coming. I, I think that there is something to be said about that the city of Baltimore wants Greg Roman out. And it seems like they've been ready to move on for some time. And if you do give him $50 million a year to make a Baltimore fan feel happy, even if he's not the passer you want, you know, you're going to be competing perennially in the AFC North. It just might not get much better than that guys. I've got a question for you real quick, Steven. This happened right before we started recording tonight. And I just want your initial thoughts. You were, boom, we're on on the same page. Ed Donatel, the defensive coordinator in Minnesota, got the axe. What were your thoughts? Now, this is your division now. This was a defense that held back a 13-4 and team in spectacular fashion this year. Yeah, so it it comes to no surprise because of what that offense was able to do, and at least the points they were able to put up, they they be able to win comfortably and not be eleven and one to end their season here in one possession games because that's the biggest thing. A lot of these games that you know what doesn't matter what offense you have, it's gonna stall at some points. We've seen Pat Mahomes open games with four punts. Doesn't happen often, but it's gonna happen where you're gonna need to rely on a defense. And with the stars that they have at each level. Of that, if you want to go with Daniil Hunter and Zadarius Smith as your rush, you know, you still have Eric Kendrick, who is going to be balling. You have, I already forgot about him. Uh, why do I want to call him Hunter Smith when I know that's not his name? But um, isn't it Hunter Smith? Talking about. It is Hunter Smith, right? Is it Hunter Smith? Harrison Smith? Wait, am I? Harrison Smith. I, I literally did the same thing that you just did. Why did you do, let me do that? I don't know. but We you know, have a Harrison football Smith. podcast, I think. Allegedly, but they have they have players at each of those levels. You can even an old Pat Peterson that has proven, yeah, he can be a liability, but he's also you know shown that the flashes of what he can or what he used to be. So there's really no excuse for the product that that defense would put on the ball, uh, allowing you know I don't have the stats in front of me, but I know that they allowed, if not the most, the top three most passing yards. Rush defense was okay. They looked great week one, and then after that, they went on a decline the rest of the year. So, smart move for them. I wonder who they're going to get. I do have this question, though, before we get it, and it makes me interested on here. With a lot of talks of maybe if Sean Payne doesn't end up getting hired here and he wants Vic Fangio as his defensive coordinator, would he be a good spot to potentially land right there in Minnesota, even though all the time in Chicago, maybe there because, I don't know. His name has been popping up. You took the name out of my head. I, I This has been in the last 30 minutes, so we haven't given it a lot of thought. But who are the two names that we've seen float around a lot in this defensive coordinator talks? It's him and Jared Mayo. In Mayo, there's head coaching interest. So there's a chance that he's a head coach somewhere. But if not, he's going to be a defensive coordinator somewhere. And it sounds like there's going to be a line out the door. If I'm looking at that Minnesota job with a young O'Connell, with – Kirk Cousins, who's a solid quarterback in that offense, why not go there and think that you can establish something? It'd be a fun place to play. I wouldn't be surprised at all if he can make a quick turnaround. And Vic Fangio, great call, Steven. Love that one. 
With that, let's get into our divisional round picks and our predictions here. Before we do so, we want you to know this divisional round is brought to you by Abby Turner Creative, your one-stop shop marketing agency specializing in high-end photography, fashion, branding, and more, especially if you're our age where it feels like there's college graduations, baby pictures, baby showers, weddings, doesn't matter. They're happening every weekend. Abby Turner Creative is the only way to go. Check it out for yourself at abbyturnerphoto.com. That's Abby, A-B-B-E-Y, or on her Instagram at Sawdad and Sapphire. Again, that's abbyturnerphoto.com. Heading into a divisional weekend where there are five teams currently holding a five-plus game win streak, which is an NFL record. So, Wally, how did the boys do last week and get us into our first game? First of all, fantastic stat find. It didn't hit me how many of these teams were on these massive winning streaks until I read that on here. It's a really, that's part of the reason why when we started the show, David, and I mentioned that I think anybody has a shot, it's just you start getting in your head, you can win these games, weird things happen. But that's enough of me trying to work myself away from the gambling talk. You guys are no stranger to how poorly I've done this year. It stayed poor for me. Thankfully, David and Steven, they were about even. David actually went up about 1.2 units. Steven, you were about half a unit down. So not much you're losing out there. Hopefully this week, everybody gets back on track. But it's simple as this. I have been playing for the first overall gambling pick for the last eight weeks. It's very much like your uh, the Dynasty Fantasy League, but this is not as intentional. So I know, I know. Very unintentional. Very unintentional. First game we have, we got Duval heading to Arrowhead, where the Kansas City Chiefs are eight and a half point favorites. A total set at fifty two and a half. Give me Jacksonville plus eight and a half. Give me Kansas City money line. I'm taking the DK special with the money line here. But these teams, both these teams, keep winning. Jags extend their win streak to six games here. Trevor will be will be able to throw against the kind of middle of the pack Chiefs team. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Travis Etienne is going to be able to get it going here in the rushing offense. But here's also a little a fun stat to chew on. Number one seeds are 13, 25, and one against the spread, so right around 34 percent in the playoffs the last 20 years. When they are favored by less than 10 points, they are 8, 22, and one, which is 26.7 percent against the spread see before you gave me those i was kind of i don't know i i still kind of am with this one because kansas city i feel like never blows anyone out because their defense is kind of the worst in the playoffs right now not that it's bad but it's just not great i think i'm taking jacksonville plus eight and a half kansas city money line like I said, Kansas City's they're a powerhouse. I've been saying it for weeks. They're, you know, they're my AFC favorite just because they they're ne- they're they're always the best team in the AFC for the last four years. I just think they're worlds above Jacksonville. I, I'm just unsure it's by, you know, a, a nine to ten point margin. I mean, they beat the Jaguars by 10 earlier this season, but that was before the Jags went on like a heater to end the season and and before they got their confidence ultra high against the Chargers. I think this ends up being a pretty close one, but I just don't see Kansas City losing this game, especially at home. My difficult time with this game is I don't know how Jacksonville is going to find a way to stop Travis Kelsey. They just got gashed by Gerald Everett last week. He, they allowed six catches, 109 yards on a touchdown, and the defense has the third-worst passer rating 
when the opposing uh, quarterbacks are targeting a tight end this year at 119.3. That's really bad, really bad. And Travis Kelsey, as we know, is heads and tails better than the next tight end in the NFL. When it, it feels like when Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes decide there's a Travis Kelsey game, it's a Travis Kelsey game. And this feels like the perf- perfect recipe for it. And, and maybe I'm just a hater, but I, I'm just not really as impressed with this Jacksonville Jaguars team as a lot of other people seem to be. And it's not even to say that I don't like Trevor Lawrence. You guys heard me this last week. I think that Trevor Lawrence is close to becoming that next guy to jump into that top tier or two of quarterbacks in the NFL. It, it's just, it feels like an incomplete team. It reminds me a lot of the Bengals at this stage of the season last year, where we were talking, Stephen, about how they were just a year early or maybe two years early. It's a good team with a very good quarterback that just needs to have the team kind of catch up to him a little bit. So I'm still having reservations too about the wide receivers. We gave a ton of credit to Zay Jones, Marvin Jones, Christian Kirk, but the farther you go into the playoffs, the better the defenses go. And you're going to need to have those elite superstars on the outside to be able to put up points. I just don't see it. I, I, the the one thing that really scares me too, and I've been shocked, the Chiefs, it feels like a very average defense, as we've all been saying. They have the second most sacks in the NFL. So for whatever reason, they're getting pressure on opposing quarterbacks, and that's a fun matchup to keep an eye on because the Jaguars are only allowing, I, I want to say, they've allowed 30 sacks this year. It's one of the top five fewest sacks in the t- entire league. So it's something to keep an eye on. I just think that, the, the Chiefs are too much. So I'm taking a minus eight and a half. I'm going to take the money line. And it might be back and forth, but you're going to see a 10 to 14 point win. This is the LOD special, the battle of the trenches game. This is for the big boys like us right here. You know what? You're talking about battle of the trenches. We need to pray to God, not to jump too far ahead. We need to pray to God that Philly and San Francisco win because that game next week, it's going to be just a, Way to Get speak ready both for of it, them boys. into losses this week. Well, no, you said that we don't. We only have one That's your job, to worry David. about. I'm not making any statements, but Wally has equally enough luck as I do. I've been brutal. Teams. I've been brutal. I just am smarter, typically, of not saying as definitive, like during a game, this game is over. I, I don't. I'm not as bad about that. That's where you have a gift. Yeah, but I was testing that gift all weekend, and it turns out I really do have a gift. Yeah, you do. I'll, I'll, you definitely have one. Now, do you guys, does anybody else have anything they want to say on here? It's fun to note, too. This is the first time these teams have ever met in the playoffs. I don't know why those kind of little stats make, they're fun for me. But, I mean, the Jaguars, probably 90% <laughs> of the AFC team, first time they'd ever faced <laughs> anyone in the playoffs. That's true. That's what we did. Well, don't forget, they've been to two AFC championship games in the last, what, 15, Probably 20 years. played the same teams between the Steelers and, and Patriots. Like, yeah, that's true. It's the wild card round that you really get the, the new teams for Jacksonville. So, Dougie Peterson gets to go back to his uh, to his mentor, Andy Reid, though. That's where he started. I want to say it was in Philly. He helped him out, but I know he was in Kansas City for on his coaching staff before he got the head coaching spot in Philly. So. Steven, look at that nugget. That's why that's why you're here. That's why you're here right now. 
That's dude. I'm filled with them. Oh, you just wait. Actually, I You're, think I might have. I think I've already kind of used them all. I'm no, we're gonna call you the value meal because I was gonna say you just got eight nuggets for us all the time. All right, that, I'll let that, myself. Is that up. Is a value right. meal? I think that's just a regular meal. Well, I see. I don't get chicken nuggets. Let's be real. I'm the, I'm the two McDoubles. Give me a medium fry, large Coke, no problem. Bye. The chicken nuggets are some of the best things out there. Hey, yeah. hey, what, hey, hey! Nuggets. Too? No disrespect to people that like the nuggets. I am a burger guy. It's that simple. It is no disrespect to the nugget lovers out there. I'm the fat guy. I'm the one who gets. Give me the. I'm. I'm a Wendy's guy. Give me that bacon double stack. I'm gonna put Ooh. a couple fries on it. I'm also gonna throw a spicy nugget on there. Get real fat. Take a nice little bite out of it. Hey, you gotta. We all have Pittsburgh ties now. Start throwing the the fries on the sandwiches for everything. That's all we have oh, to do. That's oh, what I've, we do. I've been doing that. Chips, chips and sandwiches when I was younger. Fries on that. I'm no stranger. Oh yeah, I'm well. well you're I've a Yinzer too. Every every place you go, if they don't have Heinz ketchup, start bitching loudly about. Oh, there's not real ketchup here. I do it all the time. It's great. Hunts fake. Fancy ketchup at McDonald's fake. Get it out of my face. Saturday night, the New York. Football Giants are going to Philadelphia to the link where our buddy Zach Youssef's Philadelphia Eagles are seven and a half point favorites. Total is 48 and a half. Talk about playoff meetups. These teams are two and two against one another. I'm going to just start with painting a little picture for you here. Hey, you know, I'm not even going to do it. I'm going to give you my pick and then we'll just do what we've been doing before. Eagles minus seven and a half and the money line. Trusting the numbers and the research that we're going to be talking about over the next few minutes here, that weighed me in to take the Eagles because before I wanted to take Giants plus seven and a half Eagles money line, my gut says it's going to be close. But with every stat that I felt like I was digging through and uncovered, it pushed me more into the E A G L E S Eagles. And then the recipe for the New York football Giants. It's simple, guys. Keep the ball out of Philadelphia's hands. Keep it out of Jalen Hurts. What the Ravens did to the Bengals last week is what you are trying to do. Make this an eight or a nine possession game total. Shorten it. You do that by establishing the run. Not only with Saquon, but Daniel Jones too, like they did in Minnesota last week. If they can win the time of possession battle, pick up some timely third downs, and not turn the ball over, I, I don't know. I think they have a shot. But just don't hold your breath because it's not going to happen. Eagles are going to win 31-17. to 17. Take the minus 7.5. Take the money line. Buddy. Oh. You want to chant with me? I know you want to chant with me. Uh, First of all, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah, you do. Are you a Pasquarantino's guy? I'm seeing making notes on the rundown. Yeah, you know, uh, he's like, ooh. Pats or Geno's? Ooh, which I, one do I like? Cheese with I or without? I think you're selling me on yeah, taking the spread in Philly's favor as well. Yeah, I am. The thing that holds me back, right, I'm taking Philly money line regardless. It's, you know, I can't stay away from the money lines apparently. I'm not sure which Philadelphia is going to show up. Is it the team from November that blows the Giants out by two plus touchdowns? Or is it the team from December that does it by less than eight? I just know Philly's the clear-cut choice to advance, but I don't know, man. The Giants are 14-4 and four against the spread. Seven and a half is a lot of points for, for a division rival in the playoffs. 
I'm hesitant to take it. You know what? No, fuck it. Philly money line. I'm not touching the spread. This one feels like it's going to be a lot closer than it should be. Steven, I, I have not. to I have to defend your honor uh, in the text here because David, for the people at home, has been doing the Deion Sanders high stepping on his record for the last like four or five weeks. Which most I, I, wins, fewest losses, just a dumbass that takes money line. Never forget. But that's David. The thing. You, how many games have you skipped out on from gambling? And that's fair. This like is four. this is one eight hundred gambler. Uh, it's smart to skip if you don't like and that's fair it's just one of those things too when you're you have a record of 200 and 150 or whatever david's is right now and you're taking kc money line when they're playing the houston texans i'm sorry that that one win is not the same as like a pick em spread like not I, all wins are created i'm equal. sorry that you just don't take the free fucking wins but you're right I'm and you've talked me into it I'm, I'm taking philly look all of us we have we have grown onto that part of it, but I had to I had to defend Stephen's honor a little bit there. So Stephen, can we get your pick too? And then I have a couple more stats I want to feed you guys and get your thoughts on. David, you're a dweeb for looking at looking at winning and losing. Look at the money, bud. That's all that matters. You can have you can have as many more as me. Keep taking minus nine fifty uh, on the Kansas City. Get back your ten cents and call it a day. Come money, on money, money. And this money. is how I got, and this is how I got the lead on him here. All right. The New York football giants. Now, I'm going to put on David's hat here. Third time division. It's really going to be tough to play. Kind of what David said. Are we going to get the, what, the 18 point victory? We're going to get the eight point victory against the third stringers. I'm not really sure what we're going to get out of here. But what have I been saying? Jalen Hurts has played one game in the past month. That just doesn't sit well with me. And there's been a little bit of rust. I don't care how good a quarterback can be. There's always, if you give them that much time off, it's going to be bad. But let me show you a little bit something. Danny Dimes is a quarterback. All games, 32 and 22 against the spread. Underdog, 27 and 15 against the spread. Playing on the road, 18 and, 18 and 7 against the spread. A road underdog, 17 and 5 against the spread. Not only am I going New York Giants plus seven and a half, give me that New York Giants money line. I, I take it all back. Everything I said step. about you. I'm pissed because I was trying to switch my background picture to be the black sheep because that's what we call ourselves. Hey, that's mine, Wally. Back off. Black sheep pick. <laughs> give me the New York Giants money line. Going up to the link and stealing one from the number one seed. You heard what my number one seed stats were heading into the last game. Then you couple it up with Danny Dimes, the game that he had. Let's see if he can follow it up against a way tougher defense that he's facing in Philadelphia. Let's see if that O-line wants to, wants to stay healthy. But battle of the trenches, I am very interested for a Dexter Lawrence encore to see what he can do for the third time against his Philadelphia Eagles if he's able to do anything on the interior O-line. The Giants have won like three games since October, and one of them was last week. I, I – like what? Why? Well, who, what's the score, Stephen? Like, can you walk? I like seriously give us like a a thirty second idea of how you think this game is gonna go. Is it like do they jump up early, hold on? Is it back and forth? Eagles fall asleep. What is this kind of game that? Because I don't Eagles know how they can asleep. win. 
Okay. Eagles fall asleep. I could see Philly getting up quick 14 nothing. right? We go into the halftime, maybe it's like a 14 to 10 Giants, and then there's going to be something on the special teams for New York that's going to kind of flip because I don't know. I like their, their matchup defensively against Philly. It's going to be rough, but I still like New York's defense somewhat. But Jalen Hurts not playing. There's going to be a costly turnover. We I can see like a Miles Sanders fumble that's going to cost it. The defense is going to walk away with two turnovers. We're going to get a special teams touchdown. And Saquon's going to get scored a touchdown for the offense and get it going. Oh, God. See, I there, there's just a couple things that I think the, that the, – Hold on, Wally. The Giants see, have ahead. only <laughs> won four games since, I think, early October. Those four games being the Texans, terrible. The Commanders, elite, semi-terrible. The Colts, top five team in football, and the fucking Vikings, who are the biggest frauds maybe we've ever seen. And oh, yeah, North champions. Yeah, you're right. Because Philadelphia hasn't just won like one game in a month or anything, right? Right. Or like maybe two in like a five week span. <laughs> kind of the same way you're just giving me right now. I feel like I'm stroking. I mean, okay, you brought but, up Battle of the Trenches. In the same time frame, the Eagles have only lost two games. <laughs> And they don't oh, have yeah. a quarterback. Guys are consistent. He looked like shit. Guys, right I just blacked out the, game, the Dallas you, Cowboys you, loss. You give them another week. I truly blacked out that Cowboys loss. I like. I just said sixteen and one with my chest. Yeah, they they definitely they, lost. They only lost two games in the same amount of time, and it was without their starting quarterback missing. Well, okay, let you guys make it seem like it's ridiculous. Like a once he doesn't choke at home, as somebody right. who witnessed it personally and witnessed it almost basically every other year, if not, like it's. It's but, not that outlandish. But not all six seeds are created equal, and that's the the problem for me is that, uh, like, the, you got to – this This is going to be caught in my throat for an hour if I don't get this one out. Just get it out. I, I just – if Eli Manning was playing, I'd be on your side, but I'm not. <laughs> I don't were, think it would matter no if it was Eli. No one was on Eli's side when he was playing. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I, I when it picked him up, was, he was like, playing. oh, it's fucking Eli. He's going to turn the ball over. He's going to fumble because he fumbles so much. He's going to blow the game. Yeah. Well, Look, Wally, okay. I'm sorry for interrupting. Just fire your thought. No, no, no. Because this is, we brought a battle to the trenches, right? And, oh, go figure. He's going to go take a leak. So you people at home are going to hear this. And this is me talking you off the ledge that Steven is about to jump off of right now. Evan Neal, rookie offensive tackle for the Giants. He was 71st out of 72 offensive tackles graded by PFF this season. That's like, that's as bad as the Browns starting the worst two defensive tackles in football when they were ranked 114th and 115th out of 117 D tackles. That's horrific. Anyways, continue. Well, the stack gets better because not only is he 71st out of 72 on the offensive tackles, that offensive line has allowed 44 sacks on Daniel Jones, which is the fifth most in the NFL. All of this. While Philadelphia this year has the second most sacks in the history of the NFL over the course of a season, they have four guys with 11 or more sacks. Josh Sweat, Brandon Graham, and Javon Hargrave all have 11. Hassan Reddick, second team all pro, has 16. And then you factor in the Giants off or the, the, the weapons on the outside. Not good, right? But the Philadelphia Eagles on the other side, they have Jerry Slay. James Bradbury, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, they're going to do well. I mean, they were first in pass D, DVOA this year. I just 
I don't, I don't see the recipe other than Jalen Hurts being really banged up and looking all time bad. I, I can at least entertain a cover. I, the money line, Stephen. I'll tell you this: if it hits, I, I like we need to what? figure out. I'll, I'll, I was going to say I will buy you just straight up a case of beer, not even a bet. I'll just buy you a case of beer if the Giants win this weekend. I'll buy you a fucking Saquon Barkley jersey. That's how confident I am. Yeah. They're not. Ben State too. Hey, it's on. Hey. It's on the record. Lock it in. Lock it in. I I am so confident in. This. I've got to get the gavel, like the judge duty gavel. I need the, bang, uh, bang, bang. Wally's stats have made me. I'm I'm on the negative seven and a half. I'm on the seven and a half point favorite train. Welcome. I'm I'm I, I'm doing it because you think the Giants are going to win and no other reason. It has nothing to do with the stats. It is because <laughs> I'm so confident now that Philly is not going to lose that I'm going. Well, now I'm now I'm terrified because David's lined up on my seven and a half. No, because so. the game hasn't started yet. It only works when the game when the Phillies up forty five to nothing and I say the game's over and suddenly yeah, we... time sets the NFL record for touchdowns with eight. Hey. Is that exactly, team? David. It's going to be all crickets from David on Saturday. I can tell you that. He will. He's going to turn his phone off. He's like, I can't even risk it. The and, worst part is, is I was jokingly when I fucked over the Chargers, I was jokingly saying that after Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions, he's going to magically throw four touchdowns. I and knew it. I knew it. When you said it. He fucking I knew it. put money on it. All right. Well, let's move on. The Bengals on Sunday afternoon. In this, to me, I, it's a, I'm an AFC guy through and through. David, you are too. I can't lie to you, Stephen. It's thank God you're here because we have both aspects. Sir, you have the same feelings the other way. This is a game that I am so, uh, that I'm so fired up to watch this. The Bills are actually five and a half point favorites. The line has been going towards Buffalo. Total is 48 and a half. Cincinnati's got two wins against Buffalo in their two matchups on the playoffs all time. However, those games have been 25, 30 years ago, so it doesn't even matter at this point. Bengals, nine-game winning streak. Bills, eight-game winning streak. I don't know. I'm just going to read off my thing first. We'll, we'll get our own kind of conversation going again here. I'll keep it quick. I'm picking with my brain instead of my heart on this one, and that's hard because – I really like the Bengals. You guys know that. I wanted to take them money line. I can't do it. I'm taking them plus five and a half, though. Do think the Bills are going to get it done. So I have them on the money line. I just don't think the Bengals offensive line is going to be able to hold up to the pressure this weekend from the Bills. And I get that the Bills offensive line is dog shit in its own right. But I, I just think that it's better than what the Bengals are going to be trotting out there after their injuries. What do you guys have? So, knowing, I, I think I'm going to re reverse my take on what I have. Because I had Cincinnati five-and-a-half-point underdog in money line, but I think I'm going with Buffalo money line now. And I'm doing that because of the injuries to Cincinnati's offensive line. And, and I think solely because of that. The Bills, man, their defensive line is good even without Von Miller. Like, like very, very good even without Von Miller. And I think they're going to take advantage of Cincinnati's offensive line. And that means Joe Burrow is going to try and extend some plays, get sacked because of it, might throw an interception because of it. I am 
I'm betting on on Cincinnati to stay within six only because I think Josh Allen's going to turn the ball over and keep it close. I don't know. It's just tough because deep down, I think Cincinnati could easily win this, but that offensive line issue is such a problem. That's such a problem against like the Bills specifically. Even like even if Cincinnati wins, if they don't get healthy on that offensive line, that's an even worse problem against the Chiefs. At least know. for that, they have an outside shot at Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams. They are week to week. So there's a shot next week they could perhaps play. It just ain't gonna happen Sunday. I just it scares me. It really does. Because what is that? Like you're how do I say this? You're basically like the Cincinnati Bengals have this Ferrari offense with like the worst tires that the world has ever produced. And like, I, I, it's like the best analogy I can come up with. And like, suddenly we're on rims instead of tires now. And it's like, you know, how far can we really go? (laughs) It's like, how, how open can the receivers really get when Joe Burrow is going to have you know, a second and a half before he starts feeling pressure. I mean, he's done it before, and their offensive line was bad last year, but, like, three starters is significant. That's really significant for me. Well, let's let's not make it seem like Cincinnati's defense can't take advantage of Josh Allen and that offense. We've seen that offensive line just give up seven sacks, What, and he got hit 13 times last week to a Miami Dolphins team that maybe you can compare the similar pass for us at least you know notable name you have a Bradley Chubb Trey Hendrickson here on this side maybe Sam Hubbard can do a little bit of damage on the opposite side because that Buffalo defense isn't doing too hot on top of Josh Allen not only having the second most interceptions in the league but he has the most red zones interceptions in the league and that team has the third most giveaways as a whole in the NFL so it's not like they're protecting the ball so we can worry about Cincinnati's offense but it's not like we shouldn't worry about the Buffalo offense right now with how they're playing. So me personally, give me Cincinnati plus five and a half. Give me their money line. They're up in up in orchard as well. I just like how, how they're playing. They've been hot. Uh, second best team against the spread here at 12 and five this year, Buffalo's eight, eight and one. So it's kind of a true 50, 50 shot almost here that you're seeing against the spread. I just think that this is too many points to go against Joe, Joey cool, Joe Burr, whoever you want to call him his nickname. They're going to start getting it cooked because they're loaded at that wide receiver position where Trey White's been playing great. I know Elam, their rookie, has been playing pretty solid as well, but they just have a lot of options that I don't think Buffalo's defense can cover right now. Let's see if Micah's going to be back. That could change a little bit. Sad news. Earlier today, they actually did officially say Micah won't be back, which that's devastating for the Bills' secondary. Before I throw or ask a, a couple of these questions here, Stephen, you are dating someone who's significant or, or, or their family are diehard Buffalo Bills fans. I'm just curious, is this a, a weekend that you're pulling for them? Or is this like you, you kind of want them to, to lose and come back down to earth? Because I get both sides of that. Yeah, um, it's honestly, I don't really think they're that bad. Blink twice if you're in danger. Yeah, I did. I blinked. I blinked twice really quick. Um, Yeah. So I'm kind of torn, right? Like I'm cool with them being successful, 
but I just I just want to see a good game. And I just think I purely think Cincinnati is gonna win. That's just with my brain, not not picking with my heart, not going against, you know, using that as the bias. I think they're a really good team, but it's just they have their ups and downs. I like and the way that Cincinnati's being up right now, it just Buffalo is kind of trending. I will say my perspective on this game will change completely if Damar Hamlin is able to make it in Orchard playing the Bills playing against the team the last game that he played before the injury so I think that emotion would would play into it because it's kind of been fizzling out and we've been trying to ride that a little bit too much on the gambling aspect but it's a little bit of both but more or less of like I just I don't really I don't I'm really not that invested no I I get that and I will say for the DeMar Hamlin stuff, it'll be awesome if he's there. If he's not, again, completely understand that given his health is the priority. I don't know how much of an emotional effect it would have because now that he's healthy, you also have the Bengals that feel like they just got fucked, like grade A fucked out of a home playoff game against a very good Bills team because of what happened. They were more than happy to call that game They just wanted a solution where nobody got screwed over and they felt like the Bengals did. And I get that. So I do think that it would be emotional on both sides, but you guys have played football before, even in high emotion games, a driver to win the emotions gone. It's kind of almost, you go autopilot in a big game like this. I think both teams are going to be so emotional. I I just, there were a couple notes. I, I think that are worth bringing up too here is that the Bengals are a top-five team in fewest, in a good way, penalties against them. They've been very disciplined. We criticize Zach Taylor a lot here for maybe the X's and O's. One thing you can't criticize him for is they've been very disciplined. They don't have the penalties, and that's going to be big against the Bills. To your point, Stephen, Josh Allen has not been himself in a while. He's They've turned it over like through land, air, and sea. It's been bad. And what I want to say last week, he had two picks and three fumbles. Three of them are turnovers. If that happens again, you call off the dogs. This game is over. Um, I'm trying to think there was one other thing. Oh, oh God. I think it'll be David that wants to talk about this. So Eli Apple is not graded poorly on PFA. He's, he's actually had a decent season. He is going to be on Stefan Diggs. Doesn't matter if it was a a decent season or not. Stephon Diggs three touchdowns, book it. Have, I'm putting. Have it you ever burnt a piece of toast so badly it just stinks up your whole house? That's Eli <laughs> Apple this weekend. He's the guy. I'm sure some people out there will know what I'm talking about. There's a guy on Twitter that once a year, like all he does is tweet on New Year's Eve, where he brings in a different food and he air fries it for two hours. And he documents every 10 minutes how it gets, like, gross. It smells bad. And it'll be a food like a Twinkie or a a McDouble, like something that you know is just so chemically – it's not going to naturally go the way you would think. That's the way this will be. It'll be burnt toast to that degree. I feel bad for Eli Apple, and I love – I seriously like Eli Apple. I know I'm a Buckeye, but I – it's not a good matchup. Stefan Diggs, look out. But we'll go down to our final game of the weekend, Sunday-ish night football, Sunday night-ish, 6.30. The Cowboys going out to San Francisco, to Santa Clara, where the 49ers are three-and-a-half-point favorites, total is 45-and-a-half. 
these teams actually played in the playoffs last season in the 49ers, 123-17. to Debo Samuel deboed them to death. Dallas, they lead the postseason series 5-3 to in eight matchups. 49ers have the highest winning streak in the entire NFL right now at 11 games. Oh, boys. This one's hard. I, I, I was a lot more confident before we started recording, but for whatever reason, I'm starting to talk myself out of it. But I'll tell you what I have, and then we, we can talk about it. I have the 49ers minus three and a half in their money line. Both of these teams really make their living on being opportunistic and very disciplined defenses. Best turnover differentials in football this year. San Francisco's plus 13. Dallas is plus 10. They also both have defensive player of the year candidates in Nick Bosa and Micah Parsons. And that makes it the biggest matchup of the game. Both talented offensive lines versus elite defensive fronts. The winner of those matchups is going to win this game. We'll talk more about Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa here in a minute. But my pick is going to be San Francisco minus three and a half in the money line. Do you guys agree with me? Do you disagree? Because I think I can be talked off of my poach here. San Francisco, I, I agree. San Francisco as the favorite and the money line. So Dallas is the 12th worst graded team in the NFL against the run. And San Francisco should win this game handedly by doing what Shanahan does best, which is run the football. This game piques my interest a lot because if Dak shows up, the Cowboys are probably the only other team in the well, – probably the only team other than Philly and the entire NFC that I would bet to knock out the Niners. But their biggest weakness on defense is San Francisco's biggest strength. I like Dallas a lot, but this was a terrible matchup for them. I almost wish they got Philly because it would have been a way better game. I, I, I can't see Dallas keeping it within – three points or less. I, I think San Francisco is going to run away with it. The black sheep pick. Give me that Dallas plus three and a half. You know, I'm coming in strong. Yeah. You know, San Fran's the best team, best team in the NFC. It's, it's lining up that they're going to steamroll everything. Right. It, it just Cowboys have that fresh playoff loss to them last year. I know. I, I think that Wally already, already touched on it. They lost to him 23 to 17 here last year in Jerry world. You know, Mike McCarthy's history of going up against the San Francisco 49ers. So there's a lot of animosity from top to bottom in that coaching staff and just in that locker room right there. Now, obviously San Fran has, has the defensive edge. I like their offense a little bit more and we all know they have a way better kicking game, but teams that are on a 11 game winning streak are one in 11. In that 12th game. So Wait, the Cowboys. What? Wait, say that again. This is something I saw online. Teams that are on an 11 game winning streak are one in 11 in those games. Like going into the, like into a playoff game when they've won 11 straight? No, just any, that 12th game during an 11th, 11 game winning streak. That 12th game, one in 11. I believe it was ATS. Shit. Even though the Cowboys have been on the road for the last four weeks. We'll circle back to Mike McCarthy, a guy who knows how to orchestrate a team to go play on the road when it really matters. Give me Dallas plus three and a half. I think give me San Fran's money line mixed with that. So you get a little bit of best of both worlds there. 
best world is San Fran wins by three and you get the double dip there a little bit, but that's where I stand on this game. Come on, David. Ooh, that's an interesting stat. But what would be more interesting is what's the record in the 13th game when they're 12 game winning streak. Is that like a totally defeated stat? Because if so, I'm putting my entire life savings on the Eagles. Well, I mean, I'd want to dig a little bit more into it. Well, I was going to say, because Steven said it, they'll lose this week. So you don't have to worry about it, David. We'll revisit in a week. But that is putting the cart in front of the horses, as the smart people say out there. Hear me out. If Dallas wins, I think it's a more exciting, even though on paper, San Fran versus Philly is like amazing to me, Dallas versus Philly, like the biggest division rival in the conference championship would be a fucking amazing game, but I'm still not wavering from San Francisco winning this game. San Francisco Philly is like the football um, wine connoisseur. Like, like what's it called where they're swishing the wine around? Be like, Oh yeah, this is a trench fight. Like, Oh yeah, this is an outstanding trench football game. And then everybody else is the natty light. Let's get the Cowboys, Eagles fighting one another division game. No, I'm going to be the snooty. Give me San Francisco's offensive line versus that front seven. That's what I want. And and the thing that I, I think is going to help my dream happen is that Trent Williams is PFF's best graded left tackle two straight years two consecutive years, and Micah Parsons lines up 60% of the time. This is according to Daniel Jeremiah of NFL.com. He lines up over the left tackle 60% of the time and 40% over the right tackle. It's going to be at least flipped this week because they're not going to want to throw him over Trent, take him out of the game. The Dallas defense isn't nearly as scary as you would think, whereas Nick Bosa, on the other hand, 18 and a half sacks. He has 48 and a half quarterback hits this year. Both lead the NFL. That's an insane stat to me. 48 and a half times you've hit a quarterback in a calendar year. Insane. But going up against Tyron Smith, who's just recently returned from his, I think, what was it? A pectoral bicep. He had died basically. And now he's alive. Congratulations. But he's playing right tackle. And then on the left side, Jason Peters, who we don't even know is going to be healthy. He exited last week with an injury, which brought Tyler Smith in, who's graded well, but he's jumped all over around on the offensive line. That makes me think Nick Bosa has the advantage over Micah Parsons in a team that already had an advantage playing at home, had an advantage with all the momentum. I'm going with the 49ers every day of the week. Should be an awesome game, though. Can we agree Sunday's slate? A lot juicier than Saturday. I don't think that we can go wrong with either of these matchups. It's divisional football. But, yes, the more intriguing matchups I, I think we're gonna, are going to be here on Sunday. But let's not, let's not sell the, the Saturday game short here, Wally. I'll try not to. And that's, that's a fair point, which leads us into our final segment of the day. Steven's favorite. Steven, you know what to do. All the prop lock and drop. If we give you a prop, a game we think is an absolute lock and the drop, the game we want you to stay away from. I'll toss it over to David because he has yet another charcuterie board of props for you. Take it away, David. I got to drive to Columbus real quick. I'll be back in, uh, Stephen, if he's done before. Uh, you know, just read mine off. It should be pretty close. 
hit me with that DJ Khaled, another one, every single one of these. All right, so single, not a parlay, just single-handedly. Mahomes over two and a half passing touchdowns. That's a that's a that's a minus one oh eight. Not a lot of value unless you pair it up with something, but likely to happen. Trevor Lawrence under 0.5 interceptions plus 115. I think he bounces back, doesn't throw an interception in this game. Uh, I still think Jacksonville loses, but hear me out. Solid, solid value in that pick. Joe Mixon under 47 and a half rush yards, especially with that offensive line being trash. That's at uh, minus 114. Josh Allen under one and a half passing touchdowns plus 142. So if you're betting on Cincinnati to win the game, take that bet. There's value there because they, they they play hand in hand. And then Devontae Smith under 63 and a half receiving yards, also a, mi- a minus 106. I personally am probably going to parlay all those just to see what happens for Fonzies. Just, Do you, you have know, a, a number of what that comes out to? No, I'd have to go pull it up in DraftKings or FanDuel and see what it gives me. I'm well, guessing it's probably a plus 400-ish range, but – I don't know for sure. After you finish your uh, lock and drop, if you, while we're doing this, go in there, put them together and see what a parlay would pay. I'm sure people at home would love to hear that. But yeah, please continue. I, I'm thinking it's probably plus 400, but my actual- Oh, that's parlay, so much higher than plus 400. You think so? Because a lot oh. of those are favorites to happen. And I know that you rack them up together, it, it racks it up. But like, I feel like I took a couple plus 700 parlays for funsies last week for a dollar. And a lot of them were like higher odds than this. I'll put it in while I'm when I'm done here. While while you and Steven, are what do you want to um, guess, Steven? What do you want to guess that is? That was minus one hundred eight, plus one fifteen, minus one fourteen, plus one forty two, and minus one hundred six. What do you think that would pay? I'll I would be like plus six twenty. Oh, you guys are you guys are going to be mad at me when I I'm perfect at gambling. I'm going to say. Plus thirteen forty-two. That's By the my- way, David, your your Pat Mahomes over two and a half touchdown passes. If you go to FanDuel, it's actually at plus one hundred eight, not the minus one hundred eight. Oh, did I put that in wrong? Oh, yeah. of course. Now it's going to be even higher. All yeah, right, we'll make it fourteen sixty-eight. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be a high one. So I'll I'll try and put it in, see if I can get it before uh, before we end here, but. I will. I'm also doing a five dollar like this one. I'm actually doing a five dollar parlay on. I don't know what the odds are, but I'm basically doing Etienne. Uh, wow, I just butchered that fucking name. Anyway, a lot of people uh, do. Etienne, yeah, you got uh, it. Uh, it's like it just rolled right off the tongue in the most wrong fashion possible. Josh Allen, Travis Kelsey, and McCaffrey all score touchdowns this weekend. I don't think that's too unsafe. I think Josh Allen. It, it kind of goes with that. Josh Allen under two passing touchdowns bet is you're basically betting he runs one in because that's the only way the bills are going to score. Otherwise, I don't know. I just feel like those are fun ones. They're not too out of the world, too otherworldly, and they're not extremely likely to happen. My lock for the weekend is San Francisco minus three and a half in money line. And my drop is Cincinnati Buffalo. Cause I don't know what the fuck's going to happen. Cincinnati Buffalo. Sorry. I have thunder happening outside. This is awesome. You hear that? No. Well, sorry, I'm geeking out over it. It's January. Storm and we have freaking thunderstorms in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. All right, I'll give mine, David. You try to do this. I'll do my old Mr. Rogers neighborhood and, and, and try to tie this up sweet while also, 
you know, stalling for you. I'm expert at it. T. Higgins, anytime touchdown score plus 200. He's had two awful weeks in a row. He's not been the same since DeMar Hamlin's injury. I think that changes this week. He's going to probably see him, their friends, at the very least, probably talk. And he's going to have a big comeback game. I mentioned Travis Kelsey, minus 145 for any touchdown score or two. He is going to have a massive day, guys. The Jaguars can't stop a tight end to save their life. And when they need to depend on someone at Arrowhead, who is it? It's number 87. You parlay those two together, it gets you plus 406. I love those odds. I'm going to do it. I'm taking them individually, too, for people out there at home. You get more value with T. Higgins that way. The lock. San Francisco, minus three and a half. That comes in and pays out at minus 108. I liked it a lot more at minus three, guys, but there's not a lot of locks out there in the divisional round. This is a tough week to bet. I do like the 49ers. It's probably my favorite pick, so I guess I got to roll with it. Drop Cincinnati and Buffalo. It's, to me, the game of the season to this point, and it sucks that it's not at a neutral site. Can't blame the NFL, but I'm leaving that one alone if I were to leave one alone. So, Steven, how about you give me your three, and hopefully we can catch up to David. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, do you have it? Before Steven goes, no, no, no. It's they won't let me bet on it. They yeah, won't, I know. Won't let me put the parlay on it. Oh, since you're but, mi- since you're mixing a couple of the same game, which oh, is same weird game because parlays, yeah. Well, it's just weird because what I'm about to drop, they allowed me to do, but I try to do it as well, David. It only had me at plus three ninety one for two picks. Yeah, I have a feeling that one was probably plus a thousand. I because some of these lines changed from when I originally looked this up a day and a half ago, like over two and a half plus 100, under 0.5 interceptions for Lawrence went up to plus 120, under went down to uh, or under on Mixon went down to like minus 110. Well, well, hold up though, can't you put it in? And even though they won't let you bet on it, don't they still give you the odds of they won't give me the total? They'll give me the new odds for each individual one, but they won't give me the totals. But that's just that's just DraftKings. I don't want to waste my time finding all those again. On no, yeah, I will later. Well, I did it on FanDuel and it did the same thing for me. They know I'm 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 gonna win that one, they don't want to give it to us. It's fine. 1 800 gambler. Don't know why they let me put this one in because I'm definitely going to win it. I'm going to start from the bottom, all right? So my drop of the week, I know I'm talking high. Dallas plus three and a half in San Fran. San Fran can pop off at any moment, especially with the rushing game. You know how Dallas is on defending them, like David had pointed out. So it kind of has you scratching your head. My lock of the week, Cincinnati plus five and a half. I think that's too many points for this game and how important it is. And like Wally said, game of the year. You don't see game of the years going over a, a field goal, field goal and a half. Well, spread wise, I guess you should say my prop of the week strap in boys, Travis Kelsey, two touchdowns paired with Stefan Diggs, two touchdowns paired with T Higgins. Anytime touchdown score paired with George Kittle. Anytime touchdown score. Travis Kelsey at plus 390, Stefan Diggs at plus 550, George Kittle at plus 140, and I don't really care to remember T. Higgins. I want to say plus 220, plus 210. That's going to bring us to a grand total of plus 25,671. $5 is going to win you $1,200. 
I, I you know what? It's so a hundred dollars for a unit would win you twenty five grand. I might just put a hundred dollars on that. A hundred, just to say I did it. I might. I that's a that's a fun one. That's like a this is very unlikely, but holy shit, am I gonna be just glued to the television? Well, to Wally, well kudos to Wally for the Garrett, uh, the Gerald Everett comment because when I was reading through the rundown, that stuck out to me. Travis Kelsey two touchdowns. I feel like it's gonna be easy. Stefan no touchdown last week. He lost me some money. I can see a bounce back game with Eli Apple going up against them. T Higgins, same thing. Uh, Jamar Chase is going to get a lot of the looks here, right? Well, Tredavious White's most likely following him, which is going to open it up for Tyler Boyd, T Higgins. T Higgins hasn't scored the last two or three times. The last consistent games I've put him on, this one makes sense then. Outside the last time he scored, I believe it was the Buffalo game, unless that was Tyler Boyd. And it then Tyler Boyd, but it doesn't matter. We'll pretend like it's T Higgins. He scored in a Buffalo exactly. game. Great job. Great call. Tyler Boyd scored in the Buffalo game. T. Higgins then scored in the three straight games that I picked. This has to be right. And then George Kittle, same thing. He screwed us here last week. I feel like there's going to be an emphasis on being able to stop CMC in that defensive room with Dan Quinn and the Cowboys. George Kittle game. Let's get it. Only thing that scares me about the Cowboys, we didn't even mention it earlier, Diggs is matched up with Debo. That is a weird – I don't like that for, for Dallas. And last week, ironic, uh, fun fact off the top of the head – the Bucks targeted Diggs 10 times. They completed seven passes for 75 yards. Not world-beating stuff, but certainly not good. And with Debo, you imagine that number is going to be a lot higher. With that, that's going to bring us to an end of another episode of Loss of Down. Make sure to check us out on all of our social media, if it's Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, at Loss of Down, and Twitter, down underscore loss. Shout out to our sponsors, Tabbies, as well as abbyturnerphoto.com. Boys, do we have any parting words for the fans? This January thunderstorm right now has me definitively convinced that my fictional character for 24 hours is Bill Harden. This January thunderstorm has me so angry because, so the reason I walked away earlier is because I heard my trash cans fall over from like 50 yards inside my home. And I went to go look and like, there are boxes all over my lawn and I'm, I get to go do that after the podcast is clean up. What a fun time to be alive. Yeah, it, it is garbage night. I didn't, it's garbage night here too. So I just got to hope that nothing flies out of these cans. But outside of that, guys, I got nothing. Who day? Go Bengals. Hope they beat the Bills. And hope you all have a great time watching Divisional. I almost said Divisional Wildcard. Have another beer, Wally. All about those G-Men. Remember, G-Men, remember this moment. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles!